Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. How are you doing today? Good. Okay, good. Thank you, Norm. Uh, let's see. So, um, we have been in a series, and i uh, just like to welcome you. My name is Greg Elliott. I'm one of the, uh, I'm on the teaching team here, so I'm really privileged to do that. But uh, I want to start off, because we're in a series, and kind of to get into that series, I thought this will, this will be a good way to do that. Let's see. So if you think about it, what makes you, you? Like, what is unique about you? What makes you, you? Like, if I asked you to describe yourself in one word or one little short sentence, what would you say? Like, what comes to mind as you think about what really describes you. So just shout it out, one word. Uh, there's laughter, okay, we've got laughter there, Norm. What else? What, what, what was that? Freckles. Fun. What else? Goofy. <laughs> Thank you, Cal. <laughs> what else? One word. Just determined, okay. What else this side of the room? Tie-dye, who is that? That would be my lovely wife, Jeanette, okay? What's that? Committed. Committed, okay? You think of all of these kind of flavors that make you, you, you. And it's not like we look at these flavors and say, you know, that's tie-dye is better than fun, you know, or commitment, you know, these just make us kind of unique, and it's the same in a church. At a church, we call these things distinctives. And we've been in this series called Life in Your DNA. So the DNA are really those distinctives that make us unique. You know, it doesn't make us that much special than all the other churches and denominations, but these dis distinctives are kind of the flavors of our church, the things that uh, make us unique, those short sentences, maybe those ideas, that, that short phrase that really makes us unique. And some of those we've already gone over over the last few weeks. We had naturally supernatural or going along with that, may I pray for you. You know, that idea that we carry with us the Holy Spirit and that at any moment that as part of this community, we value praying for people so much so that in that moment, instead of saying, hey, I'll pray for you when I get home, we want to pray in that moment and watch as the Holy Spirit ministers to that person in that moment. Or else, over the last couple of weeks, um, Liz covered the kingdom of God, which is really a core, just foundational theology that, that describes the already and the not yet, you know, how we see just heaven impacting our lives here on earth. And then also last week, Dan talked about come Holy Spirit, that we have an expectation that the Holy Spirit still works today. Well, the distinctive that we're going to cover today is actually um, probably the one distinctive from our family of churches that we're in, the Vineyard Family and a Vineyard Association of Churches, that, that has really been picked up by other churches. If there was any cross-pollinization that happened from the vineyard movement to other churches, it's the distinctive that we're going to talk about today. 
And so let me give you a little history of the vineyard. So as you know, the vineyard was founded. One of the founding members was John Wimber, and he had a background in music as he was the keyboardist for the predecessor of the Righteous Brothers. Anyone know the Righteous Brothers' famous song? You lost that love feeling, man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That song. And so he was their manager for a while and really came up into that early 50s, 60s rock and roll and then got impacted by Jesus Christ and believed in him and put his faith in him and then went down to become a pastor. He started several Bible studies on the West Coast and there were about 500 people that were actually attending these various Bible studies. And it was back in the 60s when the Jesus People Movement was active back then. And so, and then also uh, 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 Calvary Chapel was a part of that movement. And from that movement, worship was a high value. They had people like Keith Green, um, even Bob Dylan, T-Bone Burnett were early members of those early Bible studies. And so you can imagine that music and worship, worship together, and I'm going to use the word, um, uh, the, the, the idea of community worship. Some people call this corporate worship, which that sounds like you're charging for worship. You're not, okay? Or, um, so let's use the, the term community worship, this, this time where we come together and sing. And actually, just so that you get an idea of what that flavor was like, I'd like to play a video for you. This is a video by uh, Phil Strout. He, was, he actually was the president of the Vineyard Association of Churches for several years. Um, recently, had stepped down, and Jay Pathak uh, last year became the president. But I think Phil gives a really good um, just description of the history and importance of this distinctive in the movement that we're a part of. Why don't you go ahead and uh, play that video then? We are a worshiping community. Oh, I love the sounds of that. Let me tell you a quick story, that the, the way I understand it. And of course, as you know, I want to... Uh, I don't know every story, but I've heard the folklore stories as time goes on. But think of a, a small group of people in Southern California gathering on Sunday nights because they were so desperately dry in their Christian journey. They were they had been pilgrims, they had been faithful, they had been serving God, but just had come to a place that I think even they referenced themselves as some burned out Pharisees. They started to gather and they started singing simple love songs to Jesus. That's all they did. They weren't trying to put on a show. They weren't having a worship service. They were simply singing their hearts to Jesus. And what they realized is Jesus began to meet with them on those Sunday nights. He began to show up. They would cry. They would sing. They would sing to him, not about him. That group had no idea that it was giving birth to something that would penetrate so deeply into the body of Christ around the world today in the 21st century. I think worship in the vineyard can never be celebrated enough. It's ne we're never going to go overboard with worship. Worship and, and that this whole thing of intimacy, um, you know, in that day and as vineyard music developed and the worship that the uh, style of the vineyard, it became something that um, was 
out ahead maybe a, a, a little distance of what was going on. And, and we begin to share that around through uh, Vineyard Music and CDs and all of that. But, you know, that is something that was so wonderful that we shared that with the rest of the body of, the, uh, body of Christ. Well, well, today, this, just, this whole thing goes around the world. I've been in countries, uh, uh, true story, I was in a country where they were singing. I asked them if they'd ever heard of the Vineyard, and uh, they said no, they had never heard of the Vineyard. But when I was in their worship service on Sunday morning, they sang three vineyard worship songs. But they didn't know it. They weren't doing it because it was vineyard. It had just come to, and this was, these were songs that were translated into another language. So vineyard has made a, a contribution to this. But what, what, what are some of the distinctions even of vineyard worship? Let me, let me tell you one of the big ones. It sings to Jesus. It worships God. It's not singing about Him. It's not telling the, 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 the history of God. It is singing in the, in the first person, in the present moment, I love you. I lift my hands up. And that, that worship just has, has set a course for us in the vineyard. Uh, we, we, we will never... Uh, walk away from from our roots, just our roots in the vineyard. Um, worship, worship. And uh, today with all the other groups doing so much to make contributions, we're one of many, we celebrate that. That's part of that's part of who we are. So uh, as we always say, where we're, I've been pastoring a long time, it's time to worship, worship high. <laughs> and he's from New Hampshire, by the way. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk about community worship uh, now and um, look, can we just pray here for a second um, as I, I I prepare my heart for this, uh, Father God? Um, I love worship. I love worshiping with my friends, uh, with people I get to play with, and um, just as we come together, uh, Father God, I just pray that you would speak to us in this moment. That we're going to look into Scripture. We're going to look at what you say about worship. And Father God, I pray that. Um, where there's hearts that need changed, I pray that they would change. Father God, where, that we would come together and worship together um, as part of this service to you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. So uh, let me give you a little introduction here. So I, I've, anytime I preach, I, my first thing is I go back to look at, do I have an old message I could use? You know? So I go back and I'm like looking at, and I've got probably about five messages on worship and I have never talked about community worship. I've, always, I've talked about worship, work as worship. I've talked about giving as worship. I've talked about using our gifts as worship. I've talked about serving others as worship. And it's kind of funny because the most obvious thing that always comes to mind whenever you say worship, I think, is when we come together and worship and sing together. And I've never preached on that before. So it was really interesting to me that I've kind of missed the, the main point. Well, as you can imagine, the Bible has a lot to say about coming together in community and worship. And actually, let's just start off with a psalm that I think is maybe the clearest psalm that talks about us coming together in worship. And just so that you move around a little bit, would you just... Stand up, and we're going to go over this psalm. This is Psalm 95. We're going to read the first seven verses, and let's just read those together so that we can um, just express this community worship. So I'll start us off here. It says this, Come, 
Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand, in his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Amen? Amen. You can be seated. Um, I'd really like to talk about, this is one of the greatest verses from Psalms that really presents worship to us and presents a community of worship to us. And so the first point I'd like to make, really, as we look at the characteristics of community worship, is that community worship is, by definition, worshiping together. It's, by definition, worshiping together. You see in the first line of Psalm 95, it says, Come, let us. Now, he's not talking about a vegetable there. Okay, he's talking about let us come together and let us come together to worship. And uh, Rich Nathan, I think, had a great way of, of getting of an example of this application. And, and think of this. So have you ever been to a football game, like the live football game in the big stadium? And they do this thing that's called the wave. Have you seen this? You know, they do the wave. You know, should we do a wave this morning? You know, okay, we're going to do a wave. Okay, so going from the left to the right, you all know how to do a wave, right? You're not going to sit down and sleep. Sorry, I told someone they were going to nap today, okay? We're going to start here from my left, you're right. We're going to start over there, and we're going to do a wave going across. We'll see how good you do. Okay, ready? Go. Uh, very good. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back. This is pretty good. Okay, you see that wave. You know, we come together and we create this wave. Well, you know, this was a, a point that I just think Rich made marvelously, and so I'm going to steal it. And that is, think about when you were, when you were last evening, Saturday evening, when you were probably having dinner, there was a wave that started in the Philippines in South Korea about that time. There were these large Pentecostal gatherings of people that sang songs to Jesus Christ in a loud voice. And then we had this wave that swept across China in these small churches that are hidden, that are in apartments that they can't sing too loudly lest they be discovered. And then it went across the Middle East and India and even down to the continent of Africa and Kenya and, and the early churches that were in Ethiopia, the oldest of churches that were started by Philip because he talked to a guy on the, on the road one day. And then this wave of people that worship moves across Europe. You know, it moves across Europe to these cathedrals of the Catholics and the Anglicans who all look at the majesty and the beauty of Jesus Christ and bow down in thanks for salvation. 
And then it goes through, and it goes through England and the UK, and we have the beautiful voice that expresses worship to Jesus Christ. You can hear that voice of the English language as they praise Jesus Christ. And then we see that the wave, that wave that was going across Europe just jumps across the Atlantic and it hits South America and it goes through Brazil where there's a hundred, there's a hundred vineyard churches that worship Jesus Christ in song just a few hours ago. And then we see that, that, that worship wave hits the East Coast and we see all of those wonderful churches that have been there for years since the founding of this country and before. Well, the, these Baptist church where there's a gentleman that stands up and he says, turn to hymn number 572. We're going to sing verses 2, 3, and 5 of How Great Thou Art. And they raise up in voice singing that song. And we see as that wave continues these wonderful black churches that are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And the preacher starts off, man, he's going, right? He's going, the organ's coming through, and he starts to preach, and the harmon organ starts to play, and they worship Jesus Christ. And they're probably still worshiping right now. <laughs> they're continuing on. And this wave goes across the mid Midwest and different kinds of churches that have lights and, and just music and sound machines and, and smoke machines, and, and they worship and give praise to Jesus Christ and ask God to come and visit them. And then there's someone that's teaching the first class of Mrs. Harmon's first class, and she brings her guitar. And so for those few little kids, they sing a song that praises Jesus. That wave goes across the worship. The, the whole earth. That is corporate worship. Guess what? We get to do that today. We get to continue that wave today. In a few moments, we're going to worship, and we're going to worship with the heavenly hosts that are singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We get to join in that, and the wave will continue. Do you feel that? Do you feel the power that it's not just one person. It's great when I, I go to my shop, I sing myself, you know, and I worship, but there's something, there's just something about when we all come together, you know, and, and we expect God to do something. We know that God's present, okay? Psalm 139, says, uh, 7 and 8 says, God is present everywhere in all these places. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. You know, God's everywhere, but we, we expect the Holy Spirit to show up whenever we praise the name of Jesus Christ, and we come together and do that. And I know my faith is not based on emotion, but on coming together, I know that emotion is part of my relationship with God. You know, whenever I think about that, um, I think that personally, you know, I can, I can make a case that we are to come together to worship God. But you know, it's something I've never quite told you, told my friends. Do you know how much it means personally to me when we worship together? Yeah, I mean, 
look, we've got several Bible verses here we can look at. Do you know what it means to me when I look out there that there was a person that was on the brink of depression and suicide, and now they're lifting their hands, that I, I look at a woman who calls, calls her father Papa because she wants to know that he, she's endeared to him. Couples that considered divorce are now singing together. Couples that were, there's only one spouse here, are still hopeful in singing to God. Uh, friends that I spend every night or every day on a Friday uh, praying together are here worshiping with us. You know, worship does something not only because it, God commands us, but it does something for us as we see and we worship together. You know, I, I've got to think of when did that change for me? Like, when did worship really become that kind of big deal in my life? And I I remember I used to bring out my guitar, and I had several Bible studies that were in Columbus, Ohio, and Lancaster, and we would sing real campy songs, you know, that we would sing. I won't even mention them because some of you still like those songs, you know, but they were kind of fun, you know, campfire songs. And I remember that um, Joel, who preached here about three or four weeks ago, uh, he went to Kentucky Christian College, and he went down there, and he goes, hey, you, you need to come and join us one night for my, uh, what they called the D group, it's a discipleship group. And so I said, okay, you know, Joel and I are friends, I'll trust you. And I went in there, and they had an awesome, they had this small house, and it was, had this awesome sound system. You couldn't hear yourself sing at all. And there are these guys that got together, and they started singing differently than I sang. They sang in a way that instead of was singing about different things about God, they were actually singing to God. And I was impacted. I was like, wow. It's not that my singing was bad or anything before, or, or that it's something that, that, that was sinful or anything like that, but this was different. And it really changed the way I look at worship, that, that worship is not us just singing songs, but worship is us communicating in relationship with God. And it's one of the methods, it's one of the key methods we get to do that as a community all together and come together and do that. And it changed my life. Um, and I hope that we can see as we come together as us, that worship, community worship, is first and foremost, it's about worshiping together. Let's look at the second thing. Community worship is also worship that's focused. The main focus is on God. The main focus is on God. Okay, there's a lot of participation here in this uh, service today. Okay, so how many people are dog people? Dog people? Okay. How many people are cat people? Ooh, wow, we're almost weekly. Uh, we're evenly divided almost. Okay. This was a description that I heard that I think perfectly captures cats and dogs. And that is, um, so a dog goes into their home and, and says, there's a person here that feeds me, takes me out for walks, takes me to do my business, pets me, plays with me, and provides for my needs. That person must be God. That's what dogs think. Cats! Say, there's a person here that 
feeds me, that takes me out for walks and, and sets up a little container for me to do my business, pets me, plays me, with me, and provides for my needs, I must be God. <laughs> that perfectly, I think, <laughs> separates dogs and cats. Um, I think we need to be more like dogs than cats in worship. <laughs> Does that make sense? I think there's some times that we get together and we worship and we don't focus on God. Let alone there's the times that I come in here and I'm thinking about all the other 30 things I have to do next week and I'm distracted, but sometimes I'm focused on, you know, the appearance of the worshiper, the, the songs that we sing. Oh, I didn't like that second song. That was awful. Um, or we focus on, you know, how someone beside us is worshiping that's not like us. You know, sometimes I think we need to be reminded, when we worship, when we come together and worship, I mean, it's fine to have songs you prefer and things like that, but let's not forget to worship and to look to God, that our focus should be on, on God. You know, God, <laughs> I, th I think this is awesome. God sets, like I'm all about setting, you know, people say, how did you accomplish stuff? And I say, I just set the bar low, right? For us in worship, I mean, God sets the bar low. Look at this. Okay, Psalm uh, cha uh, chapter 98, this is verses 4 through 6. This is our bar. This is what we need to get to. Make a joyful noise. Yeah? Yeah? I mean, that is a low bar. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with a lyre, with a lyre in the sound of melody, with trumpets in the sound of the horn. Make, like we need it again, make a joyful noise to the Lord. You know, I really hope that the songs that we sing help you to focus on God. I know that uh, Jason and Allie, and they, they uh, go and, and think a lot about the songs that they're selecting um, as we do this. As we Come together, you know, songs that people will know, simple songs that are easy to remember the rest of the week, songs that people can pick up the melody easily, songs that our musicians can play. All of these things go into our worship and selecting songs. But first and foremost, um, that worship needs to be directed at God in our hearts. And let's look at the final thing, the final characteristic of community worship. Community worship creates an environment for God to encounter and change us. Um, you know, I, I, I've said community worship is us coming together. Community worship is us directed at God. But that doesn't mean that we're not involved in it. I, the number of times that I've been changed during a worship surface Okay, it's funny, you know, I, I, I was reading this week and I had several chapters and verses. I was like, oh, I could use that verse and stuff as I talk about this. But there was one that I was like, wow, this is totally, I never, I've never thought about it, this, this uh, chapter and verse like this before. This is uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, Hebrews is kind of that, that uh, book in the Bible that really lays out the preeminence of Jesus Christ, who Jesus Christ is and that Jesus Christ is our great high priest, and just kind of goes over that thing, over those various things. And 
This is a common set of verses you've probably heard before. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. It says this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Okay, so let me stop there. So I read that, and so as you know, there was the Holy of Holies, kind of this place that once a year the high priest would go into, and it's separated by a curtain. And you might remember the story of whenever uh, Jesus was crucified, that curtain was physically and spiritually torn to give us access. And I read these verses and I'm like, that's right, I get to go into the Holy of Holies now. You know, that's me. You know, I get to go in there now, right? And that's how I always read those verses as an individual. I get to go in there. But look at what it says. This isn't an I verse. This is a us verse, right? Verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. And with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Think about that. It's a lettuce verse. We all get to go into the Holy of Holies together. There's this mob that goes there and through Jesus Christ gives us access. And when we're there, it's not just being there to glorify God, but when we're doing this, God is changing us. God is cleansing us. You know, whenever we go and to have a time of worship, we are focused on God, but there's a relationship there. You know, at the very least, our worship of God changes our worship that, that we were worshiping, that thing that we were worshiping before we got here. You know, I must admit that most of the times that I have just blundered and fallen into sin, it's because I was worshiping something else, you know? I was worshiping something else, and here's a moment that in my week, I get to come with my brothers and sisters, and I get to worship God, and I get to reset what I'm worshiping that week. I get to say, I'm not going to worship, you know, the work worries that I have. I'm not going to worship all my desires and how I want things to be. I get to focus for a few minutes with my brothers and sisters and worship God the true person that needs worship, or that deserves worship. And through Jesus Christ, I get to sing about the, the sacrifice of Jesus and what he's done for us. And the Holy Spirit, I get to invite the Holy Spirit to empower my life and to change my heart. We are changed as we come and worship in community. You know, you ever have an experience where you've just got that hard week? I mean, you may have just left a few minutes ago a household full of kids screaming and said things you shouldn't have said, you know. <laughs> um, you might have uh, just on Friday been wondering, wow, I wonder where my next meal is going to come from. How am I going to pay for that? 
and worry and fret. You, you may be thinking, you know, heartbroken that someone that you love has turned away from God. All of these things we bring into worship and God changes our hearts and gives us direction. And we're going to get to worship here in a few minutes. This is the greatest application <laughs> sermon ever. We get to see if this stuff, you know, if this stuff's true, right? Um, we get to come and worship together. Um, let, uh, as I'd like to call up the worship team now, um, let me just pray and let's prepare our hearts to worship. And I'm just going to maybe guide you through some things as we go into this worship time, because I think sometimes we just are so rattled and we're thinking about other things. And uh, there's a time here that we can take to actually prepare our hearts with, for worship. So if you don't mind, uh, would you stand, those that want to stand, um, those that, um, you know, we're free here if you feel better. Some weeks you got to sit, some weeks you need to be contemplating, you need to bow down. However you feel comfortable, I pray that you would feel comfortable. Um, let me lead us as we uh, prepare for worship together. Uh, Father God, uh, we come to you now with what you've given us. No more, no less. Um, Lord, I pray that you would prepare hearts here, that we would be focused on you and worship. Lord, I, I pray that our music would continue the wave that's going across the world today that focuses our attention on you. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and do powerful things in our lives. That there are things that we've prayed about and you can go out and you can address those as we worship. There are things in my heart, Lord, that you need to change. Father God, change me. Change me. Change my attention to you. And I give you this time as we all come together and focus our attention on you. Jesus, thank you so much that you are our Savior. That you came and died for us. And that you continue to be our friend, our advocate. Father God, Thank you so much for Jesus. And Lord, I, I just praise you for the Holy Spirit that you left, that you said, I'm going to give you something. And Holy Spirit, we just welcome you here and ask that you would affect our hearts and lives. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. At Life in Your Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org.